welcome back to another episode of Artist Avenue. Today I'm joined by actor, teacher and mathematician Rishani Abbey. Rishani's journey is truly inspiring and unique and I cannot wait for you all to hear how she carved her path, combining all her passions and making everything work simultaneously. So sit back, relax and get ready to fill your body and soul with all the joy in the world. I'm Rishani. Um, I'm, I guess, technically an actor and I also call myself a mathematician. Uh, <laughs> um, I um, I mean, my nationality is, this is a bit of a long story. It's always <laughs> one that gets me caught off guard. I'm from Sri Lanka and Australia, if you take where my parents are from. Uh, but I li I've lived in the States, Sri Lanka, and now London. Yeah. And um, I did a master's in musical theatre at the Royal Academy of Music. Yeah, so that yeah. was a one-year um, course. If you go back to the beginning of your journey, how and where did you start out with your passion and joy for the arts? Well, I can't really ever remember the first reason I wanted to start. I think it's been something that's been in my life for as long as I can remember. Um, my mum my put me into dance classes when I was really young and it just snowballed from there, I think. I remember doing choir and dance classes and like the school plays and musicals and I don't remember a time when that wasn't part of my life. <laughs> dance was definitely where I started out like a two and a half year old kid in, in ballet and tap classes. <laughs> yeah that's how it started out and then I guess it just kept kept going. I, I loved it. Uh, well love. <laughs> I love it um, but as a child, I think I spent all my time in dance classes and singing classes and um, theater rehearsals. Um, I, my time was so, so busy. I would go from one class to the other in the evenings. And actually, when I, so I lived in the States until I was nine. And in the States, I would say that dance was probably my first I guess vocation or out of the three kind of things that go with musical theater, I'd say dance was probably the main one that I did. I would have called myself more of a dancer than a singer. Um, and my dance school like went to all the conventions and national competitions, which is a little bit like the festivals kind of culture in the UK. Yeah. As like a seven year old going around to all these massive competitions. <laughs> um, so I loved it. I really, really loved it. Yeah, and then I moved to Sri Lanka. And I think the first thing we did when we moved to Sri Lanka was look for dance classes <laughs> and singing classes and acting and drama groups that I could get involved with. Uh, I managed to find someone who taught tap in Sri Lanka, which is like a huge thing because the extent of classes and opportunities and training programs that are there in the States are really not there in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. for at least for western kind of dance and drama and the kind of rigorous training culture isn't there yeah because i guess there isn't an industry there isn't really a professional industry in english or western dance theater drama singing so there isn't as much of a culture of the training for it mm-hmm yeah, but I managed to still find classes to fill my time, all of my time. 
yeah, arts has been a part of my life for the entirety of it. So when you were moving around, obviously you said that it was harder in Sri Lanka to find um, classes. Do you think that once you found them, did you find there was like a bit of a difference in the level of it being taught, like of the arts being taught in Sri Lanka than to the USA, for example? Definitely. I think just taking something like ballet, there was more of a traditional exams culture in Sri Lanka, I think, Mm -hmm. um, because of all the Trinity exams and stuff um, that kind of come from the UK there. So ballet-wise, there were some classes, but there wasn't anything on a national level. There wasn't anything really other than those exams that you could kind of hold yourself to as a standard. So whereas in the States, it was this whole thing was a part of a bigger culture of the National Ballet or the something and mm-hmm. competitions. And so it's just a much bigger network and industry than that in Sri Lanka. And I think yeah. ballet was the only thing that actually had that kind of, those kind of exams. Everything else people basically did for fun. People taught, um, lots of the teachers had potentially studied abroad and gone back or studied under someone who had potentially studied abroad and come back, but they did it for fun. Yeah. They did it for the, their enjoyment of it, for the students' enjoyment of it, rather than to build the kind of professional dancers or singers of tomorrow. Yeah. Um, that, that's mainly for dance. Um, for singing, I think it's different. There is a lot more of a professional culture in Sri Lanka, but still not to the level of the industry kind of in the West, especially for English language singing. Um, Mm -hmm. For singhala singing, there is much more of a professional route, but for English, really not that much. So there's loads of classes and choirs and things for kids to do, but even if you were singing as an adult, it would be mainly in your spare time as a hobby. Yeah. Um, and that definitely goes for drama. There, there are very small independent groups that do English drama potentially and earn money from it, but not totally as a job. Most of the people I knew who loved acting and who I did projects with did it as a hobby on the side. Yeah. No, so I completely understand you and where you're coming from because I um, had the same thing. I moved around a lot as well. And um, going from Cyprus to Abu Dhabi, I had the same kind of experience. I couldn't, like, the first thing we did as well was trying to find all these extracurricular art- artistic activities. Um, and it was really tough. Like, we found one ballet studio, which was really, really tiny at the top floor. And it's exactly kind of what you were describing as well. So it's interesting to see that it kind of repeats itself in other parts of the yeah. world. I wonder why it could be a little bit of potentially something to do with the Middle East and South Asia um, of how they view kind of Western dance singing, not how they view it, but whether there's an industry for it. Because yeah. if there's an industry for it and a professional trajectory for it, then you will have yeah. places to train. But if there isn't, then you won't find it as much. Exactly. And then you traveled across the pond and did mathematics in London. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
<laughs> yeah, when you say it like that, it's, it's a big jump. <laughs> and people always go, wait, what made you do that? Um, so in school, I, yeah, I really enjoyed maths. That was kind of a consistent thing. But it was when I got to kind of GCSE or level time that I started to really think, oh, I, I really do like this stuff. And choosing my A-level subjects, they were basically all sciences. Well, they were all sciences. I wanted to potentially do drama, but my school didn't offer it. And so my mom had been telling me my whole life that I should get a normal degree, normal in inverted commas, degree before I do my drama and theatre. It was always a given that I would go to drama school. That was, I mean, we, my family and I had been planning that from the, from, I mean, ever since I can remember, really. I remember looking at arts ed summer schools and all this kind of stuff growing up. And I think I, I auditioned for um, Train Park as well. Um, and I mean, I didn't get a scholarship, so I couldn't go, but I did get in. Um, and I think I was 12. And so this has been really a long time coming. Um, but my mum had always said, if you can get a normal degree, if you just do something so that you have some kind of backup or some kind of other life experience. I mean, she was mainly saying it as so that you have a backup plan <laughs> because the arts is, is tough. It is. And, and we all know it and we love it anyway, but it's tough. So especially financially and with the uncertainty of everything. I mean, we, we know about uncertainty, especially right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, she had always been saying, get a degree. So when I started to really enjoy maths and the sciences, I thought, okay, why don't I do, I mean, I was initially going to do an engineering degree. I said, why don't I do engineering or why don't I do something like that and then go and get my musical theater qualification or drama school. And I had a bit more of a think about it. And I realized that the only reason I wanted to do engineering was because I liked science. If you like science, people suddenly go, yeah, you're going to do engineering or be like a doctor or something. And I realized that the reason I liked science was mainly because of the maths part of it. So I thought, Mm -hmm. why don't I just do maths? And yeah, that's what I did. (laughs) But it's funny because the first thing I did when I got my place at uni was research master's courses in musical theater in London. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to have like everything planned out. So exactly. Yeah. It was quite nice knowing roughly where I'd be for five years (laughs) after school. Yeah. So musical theater has always been there and it's always been intended. Um, I do think there was a point though at my GCSEs where I had a bit of a wobble. I think I had like my, with the arts. Um, I wasn't doing as many classes and I had kind of focused a little bit on my studies a bit more. I hadn't done a show in a while. And so I think I was a little unsure about whether it's still what I should do. But then I think I did another show and it came back full force me going, I I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did you keep your creative brain flowing whilst you were studying maths I did more theater and dance than I did maths at uni great (laughs) so I joined every society under the sun I 
uh, was in the Musical Theatre Society, and then I was part of an a cappella group as the choreographer, which took up a lot more of my time than I thought it would. <laughs> um, and then what else? I was in dance um, competition teams, and so uh, the universities have big, big competitions. I took part in those in like the tap team and the hip hop team. Just everything through that circle of friends, that musical but also scientific circle of friends. It gave me a lot of super musical theatre nerd friends. And I love that because I'm an absolute nerd as well when it comes to musical theatre. <laughs> so in our spare time as well, we'd go see shows or day seats for things. And being in London made that really, really great. Yeah, I've, I've loved being in London for the last six, six years. Oh my gosh. It's been an amazing experience to be part of a university, but also like a Londoner. Yeah, it is. You do get a different buzz when you're in the city in London and like surrounded by all the theater and all the people. And yeah, definitely. In my first year of uni, I worked front of house and second year. Yeah. And so I got to watch shows every night and be among other actors. And that's actually how I got to know you because I found Natalie with mm-hmm. Theatre Fitness Girl through one of my friends at a front of house job. I was working front of house back then as well. Oh, where were you working? Period. Piccadilly. Oh, cool. I was at um, the Palladium and then the Aldwych. See, front of house connection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a small world. It is. But also a huge one. Yeah, but it is also a good... Um, job to do like I think every performer should kind of do something in that sort at some point of their career because it it's it just opens your eyes as well from what happens behind the scenes and all the preparation and the people you meet like it's it's really wonderful exactly yeah and it's something that we don't really see otherwise at all because we go to shows and so we see a certain element of it but we don't see the amount of prep and Mm. protocol and other things that have to go on to make it all happen yeah definitely and um you obviously then went on to ram which must have been an amazing year (laughs) (laughs) it was yeah Um, how was your experience there and did you find that um your mathematics degree helped you in some way in any funny way that you would never have thought (laughs) (laughs) well first the year was insane (laughs) it was completely ridiculous in so many ways it was very very intense Mm -hmm. um I don't think I've concentrated so hard on one thing um for so long as my course that one year um but it was so incredible to be working with a really great class um I think there were about 40 of us and they were really, really lovely people. Um, And also just being able to finally do what I had been waiting basically my whole life to do was incredible. Mm. I mean, it it sounds overdramatic when I say I was waiting my whole life, but I I kind of literally was waiting my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'd made the decision to do it so long ago. And then I'd waited four years during a degree, which was 
I love my degree and I don't regret it a bit, but it was really, really tough to wait <laughs> being in London as well, where I could see it all and it was just out of reach. But the course is amazing. It really, really challenged me in so many different ways. In terms of using my degree, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have many kind of writing assignments at RAM, but mm-hmm. my degree meant that I knew exactly how to do it really last minute but still do it well enough (laughs) I knew how to procrastinate and I knew exactly how much time I needed to get that assignment done (laughs) see so Uh, it did help in some way (laughs) yeah yeah I I mean I did tutor um during RAM so I used my maths degree to tutor a lot Mm -hmm. and I throughout my maths degree I started tutoring and throughout my RAM degree, I tutored after every day, I would go and do a few hours of tutoring virtually every day. Um, and so it was exhausting, but I was, I, I was paying for my own living expenses. So I had to do something and I'm really glad I did that. Hmm. It was looking back, it was so, so difficult. And I didn't realize how exhausted I was until the end of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I am very, very glad that I pushed through. Yeah. So that way, my maths degree really helped me because tutoring is a, a really lucrative thing to do as well in terms of earning money. So, I mean, it's my main money earner. <laughs> I say I'm an actor, but really I'm a tutor. You're a tutor with hidden talents. <laughs> and obviously you said you've waited so long to get to um, this point. Do you think once you got there and stuff, or actually generally across your journey, did you ever feel that you were running out of time or that you were getting too old, if you can say that that way? Like, did you ever feel that you were just running out of time? Definitely not during my course at RAM, especially because my whole year was, the average age was older than I thought it would be. I thought they would all be like 21 um and i was by that point i was 22 i I can't do um i can't remember how old i was but um (laughs) uh i thought i would be on the older end Mm -hmm. of the spectrum but i really wasn't um i was one of the younger ones and there were so many people either who had already been working in the industry and wanted to do a master's or um were kind of transferring from other careers as well and so that really calmed that down in terms of my brain running off on that um I think towards the last the last couple of years of my maths degree there was a little element of that not so much running out of time but feeling like oh what's the word yeah not running out of time as much as frustration yeah that I wasn't there and doing it already because in your third and fourth years of a course, the initial friend group that you made in your first year had kind of mostly left. And I was one of the older ones of the Musical Theatre Society. So I was really, really feeling impatient to just get on with it. But I did, I did opt on for the fourth year and stick it out again. <laughs> I'm glad I did that though. Um, yeah. I think I had the most fun in my degree in my fourth year, because um, you have more freedom on what you can choose to do. But that is a big thing in general, in terms of running out of time. I'm feeling a little now, to be honest. 
um, not running out of time, but losing time. Yeah. Um, because we don't know when we're going to get back to things, when the industry is going to get back. So it feels like we might lose a whole year. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it, but you just kind of let it go. But it is there. Yeah. I think we're I don't know all if you've been of, feeling that. Oh, I have. I have. And I think, I think we all do at some point as well. Um, and I know there's, I know I had this pressure, like when I graduated, I was like, I need to get my first job in the first year. And if I don't, I'm not a proper performer. Like, and I'm like, why, why would I even think that? Like, that's such a silly sentence to tell yourself, you know, but I think it's about learning and like learning how everyone has their time in the industry. And if anything, when we have these pauses of times, be it like between contracts or now where we can't actually do anything, we just have to learn to discover things and like, just see it as a gift really that we can open our creative brains and like do things that we never had time to do before because we're so focused on exactly. our Exactly. So, and I think our industry is constantly evolving anyway. So we can always keep learning, always keep growing and always find something new to do or a w- new way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And having the opportunity to step back and not be focused on, the next audition or the next something or the work that you are always having to do to be able to go to auditions and classes. And it's really freeing actually. Yeah. I found there are so many things that I had kind of put on a general to-do list. Like when I have some time, I'll do that. And now I've got this time where I can actually do those little things that I've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, exactly. And do you have any um, advice for people wanting to transition into the theater world that have been doing other things beforehand? Yeah. Um, throw yourself wholeheartedly into it, I'd say. Um, do your research. I mean, I spent so much time looking at what courses there were. Were there summer school courses? Were there big courses? What's the difference between a one-year course and a three-year course and the different places that do them and the different qualifications you might get and why would you actually need to do a course? Um, not just doing research online, but I'd say ask people, find people, get to know people and ask them. I think a really valuable resource for me was actually working front of house, um, because I got to know so many actors who were either studying or working or auditioning. And I got to just talk to them about it and without kind of in like an interview format, it was just like chatting to a friend about something, which is really great. Doing a course is a good way to kind of launch yourself into the industry, I'd say, because otherwise it can, I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible otherwise, um, but it's a lot more grafting, I'd say, you'd have to do. Um, Whereas a course, you can, it puts you in touch with people that you work with on the course, like industry professionals. And I think that's a really useful thing. But Mm -hmm. I mean, to each their own. There are, I know lots of people who didn't do a course and, and got into it and that's absolutely fine too. But I'd say really throw yourself into it and keep, keep the joy Definitely. because it's, it's easy to forget that, but like, don't forget why you like it or why you want to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. How did you find your graduate journey? So after graduating, did you come out with a job or did you have to wait for a bit? How was that experience for you? Um, I, I was really lucky, actually. I landed my first job. I think I accepted it on my day of graduation. 
mm-hmm. um, which was quite nice. Um, the auditioning happened after our final show in that kind of couple of weeks after the show before we graduated. And I had a couple of months before that started. So we graduated in July and I went on to Gypsy at the Royal Exchange, which was starting rehearsals in October. So I had a, a while to kind of wait for that and nothing much to do in the meantime (laughs) because you get so used to throwing all of your energy at a course and not having time for anything else and then you're given like three four months of nothing (laughs) and you go what do I do now (laughs) Um, but it was quite nice I think I needed it I needed the holiday I needed the break Uh, it was nice to know that something was coming I did have to work because I was absolutely skint. So I did some teaching. I took a little bit of a break. I mainly just listened to my body in terms of what I needed to do and how much I needed to do it. And I really had a a break. Yeah, but you need that. Like it's also your preparation for your next contract then because you obviously don't know how taxing that would have been in advance, you know? So Exactly. And also just after a, a course, a degree, after finishing the course, because even over summer or over a holiday, there are things you have to do or things you have to think about. But afterwards, there's this like release of energy that you need to just kind of deal with and prepare yourself and kind of to move on. Yeah, definitely. And in your opinion, what unites us as creatives, do you think? I mean, I, I, said, I said joy earlier, and I really do think that there is such an amazing sense of joy and teamwork and kind of companionship that comes with theater and creative work in the entertainment industry and I think that's the main thing that unites us it's the main thing that sparks us to do it even if the thing that we're doing isn't necessarily joyful there is still a reason we do it there's still a reason we say we tell sad stories there's a reason we tell stories and having that kind of connection with other people and with an audience is so, so special. And I think it's a good thing to go back to if you're ever wavering. What, find that joy again. What about it do you really love? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the biggest thing you've learned as a creative? Um, <laughs> oh gosh, the biggest thing I've learned, be yourself. Oh, it's such a cliche and so many people say it, but if you try and be someone else or be something you think people want to see it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything it's not gonna be authentic it's people want to see you and what you bring to things and oh it, I mean it's such a cliche I can I'm cringing at myself saying it yeah, but, but it's I true everyone reacts to things slightly differently though and I think that's the key thing especially in uh, the context of of acting you are bringing an action and a, and a reaction you're reacting to other things around you and those are totally unique to you the way you do that so being authentic to yourself and going with your gut is so so important I had a point at the beginning of um, my year at RAM at drama school where I was really struggling with um, with that with just being true to myself and and I was putting so much pressure on myself, an unbelievable amount of pressure on myself. I think to, to 
you know, prove to myself that I really could do it, that I had waited this long and that it wasn't, you know, that I wasn't completely wasting my life doing this thing. Was I good enough? All this stuff. And it was really weighing me down. And I think I, I took a step back and I, I went back to why I really enjoyed it. And it just freed me up a lot more. And I was just able to, to throw myself into the piece that I was working on more than worrying about other people's perception of me and what yeah. it was. I think sometimes it's we difficult. Can get, yeah, it is. And I think sometimes you can get a bit caught up into it, especially when you are in a school or on a course and they're obviously trying to give you all the tools that they have so that you can know what to do with them once you come out. Like, and I think that sometimes can overwhelm you and they're not doing it from a bad point of view. They just want to give you everything they can. Cause they're like, we only have a limited amount of time. So here you go. And you're like, ah, and I think that sometimes plays the opposite effect on us, but it's good to like observe it and then learn from it. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes on a one year course that can be a little more like that than a three year because they've got more time on a three year course. Whereas on a one year, <laughs> yeah. the teachers are like, I'm going to throw everything at you now. And you're probably not going to understand it now, but you'll have a eureka moment about it in about a year. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what makes you unique as a performer? Oh gosh. I read this question when you sent it to me and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> everyone hates this one. <laughs> um, you know, I did think about this and I did think of something and now it's completely left my mind. Um, I could go down the normal route of saying I have potentially taken like a non standard route into musical theater. And so I get asked so many times in auditions about my maths degree. <laughs> and I, I think just having it there makes people go, wait, what? <laughs> it makes people do a bit of a double take. And, um, and I, think that's a, I think that's a good thing. I think having just that one thing on my CV that makes people go, huh, that's 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 interesting and then they kind of start talking and you they it piques their interest and so I think that's valuable um it's not necessarily about me as a performer but I think it it, it is an interesting thing it shows something about your characteristics though and your interests which like I don't think they see many performers with like a big love towards mathematics either on a bit daily basis you know so it is part of you oh definitely it's definitely part of me and um I'm, I'm realizing that more and more now because I find myself craving uh, maths lessons. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Uh, I really, really am. But um, is there anything else unique? What's unique about you, Christiana? It's unique about me. For me, it's my, um, I would say I'm a trilingual performer and I think that makes me unique. And I know there's a lot of performers that have a lot of, languages under their belts but because I also traveled and had to move countries every five to six years of my life and I think taking the different cultures with me made me so much more open-minded and made me so I can adapt really easily into scenarios and take on a lot of advice really quickly and I think that's really helpful when it comes to productions and things like that and yeah it made me open-minded and the talkative person that I am and that's what <laughs> makes me unique I think oh it is a hard yeah. 
it, it is a hard one. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. It's that, it's what you bring to a room that makes you unique as well. The energy you bring into a room, I think, is mainly the unique thing that people will remember. Because an energy isn't like a quantifiable thing. Like, like you said, a lot of people have languages, but it's what it brought to you, those different yeah. experiences and knowing the different languages. And that gives you a unique kind of energy. Mm. But the thing is, I had to learn it as well. Like, because as I said, I was like, everyone has, like, there's more people with languages. But I think at the start, when you go into rooms, maybe you're a bit lost. And I had to learn mm. it myself. And it's only yeah. now, actually, that I go in there and I'm like, well, not everyone has lived in the same countries as I have in the exact same time and pattern. And it just showed me that everyone is unique, no matter if you might look the same as someone else. I just like, I don't, I don't know how, how else to like bring it across that we really are truly so unique and no one's the same. And there is this place for everyone in this industry. And it's just about patience really and resilience. And it's the specific combination of experiences and skills that you have mm -hmm. that no one else has. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any last comments or advice for the listeners? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing listeners are mainly kind of creatives and artists or people interested in it. And um, definitely keep the joy. I'm saying joy a lot, but really it's such a, it's such a thing that I think is important. Um, I myself, find a difference in me when I'm when I'm listening to a musical soundtrack or when I haven't listened to one for a while like um, smash <laughs> I know oh my gosh don't get me started on smash I love it so much <laughs> but I can see such a difference in myself after I listen to something after a long time mm -hmm. and I suddenly go oh my gosh I am, I'm so much more kind of happy and I feel more alive right now because I've found that joy again Go back to it. Find what it is you love about the industry and, and keep it as your rock to go back to because oh, it's so, so, so valuable. And it reminds me of why you started as well. Like, exactly. For example, when Smash was coming back with their concert, like I know we spoke about it a lot, but I remember <laughs> when I was watching it and listening to the music again, I was like, this is one of the reasons why I started as well. Or like even silly things like going back to Disney Channel. I was like, I didn't even realize that something silly and cringy like High School Musical played such a big role in me wanting to do this. And I was like, exactly. yes. Um, so yeah, I agree. Going back to your old passions and finding that joy and then bringing it into the like, future and present. Yeah. I'm rewatching all of the Disney movies now and it is, it is giving Great. me life. It is so good. They are classics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. It was lovely chatting to well, you. Thank you for inviting me. It was really, really great to chat to you about all this. I hope you have enjoyed this episode with Roshani. As always, Artist Avenue will be back next Wednesday with another exciting interview. Make sure to keep up to date and follow us at Artist Avenue Podcast on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Also make sure to hit the subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Podbean. Keep spreading the word about Artist Avenue Podcast and see you soon!